This is the Champagne and Socks podcast. I'm Elisa. I'm just back from the quilt and craft fair, which runs in May, usually from Wednesday through to Sunday at about three weeks into May. I have a tradition of going with a friend of mine way back. We used to work together. We'd head down at lunchtime on the Wednesday and try and cram this entire event into one to two hours of lunch and head back and we were just laughing today because we met at 10 30 and we headed out at about 3 30 having also had lunch and it was just like I can't believe we used to do this in two hours and I'm so much more tired even just taking it so much more slowly so for those who have never been the quilt and craft fair tours I think all the main cities in Australia it's basically an exhibition hall with rows and rows of stalls They have a few workshops. I've never actually done any of the workshops that are sort of sprinkled throughout. They used to be in two rooms far off on the left and you never saw them. But this year I noticed that they had a lot of workshops in between the stalls and it felt like they were less stalls. And I I certainly think there were less aisles this year than there have been previously. They had a couple of rest and relaxation areas. Last year it felt like there were a lot more rest and relaxation areas which were the size of a stall and just chairs, which is fabulous to just sit down in. But I feel like it says something about how many exhibitors there are in a, in a given year. I've never been first thing on a Wednesday morning. I felt this year that I really wanted to. Last couple of years I've made it on the weekend and it's felt like they were running out of the so show specials were towards the end and everybody had picked the eyes out of things and I kind of wanted to see what it was like to go on the first day it turns out every single person in Perth I know who quilts or knits went today and I stopped and said hello to so many people our tradition is we rock up and we walk methodically up and down each aisle do all the left then come back and do all the right side of the aisle and then switch to the next aisle we want to make sure that we see everything And my friend Christine and I were laughing today because I said to her, I have finally, finally gotten to the point where I don't feel it's worth buying fat quarters anymore. It used to be that I'd stand there and rifle through every single stall's fat quarters and see what's what. And and lots of those have ended up being in quilts and projects that were novelty, I guess. I did the monochrome quilt, which was tumbling blocks made up of lights, darks and mediums in only black and whites and that took me years to collect all of the fat quarters that I needed for that quilt. It's a queen bed size quilt so that kind of thing is fun. I really like fossicking and collecting and working towards something over time but even when you do it themed you end up with just such a hodgepodge and nothing matches and you end up having to go out and buy more fabric anyway and it just feels like I'm at a point where It's not cost effective to continue to accumulate small scraps of fabric that may or may not go with everything else that you have. So I actually did not buy any fat quarters and I am saying that whilst knowing that I did buy one set of 30 centimetre pieces of fabric but they all went with each other and so technically I might pretend that I'm calling that a kit and that I could use those in one project. What did I buy? I ended up buying that kit which was Japanese fabrics in silvers and blacks and some golds, I think. I really want to pull out my collection of Japanese fabrics and see what I've actually got because every time I see one I like, I buy it. But again, 
it's possible I'm buying them in completely different colorways. And so will they even work together? I have a few projects in mind that I really want to do. A couple of years ago, I got a pattern which is for a folded kimono. You actually fold one piece of fabric into a kimono and sew that down and you do nine of those and make a quilt. And that seems like it would be fun. It also seems like I would need to have more brain power than currently to, to do a quilt like that. But I've got a few things like that that are just sitting there waiting, 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 incubating. So I bought those. I was gifted some fabric by my friend two coffee themed pieces of fabric because she knows I'm collecting coffee themed fabrics for some kind of coffee themed quilt which at some point you have to be like what is that even going to be I don't quite know whether I want to applique coffee cups or whether I just want to do some kind of I don't know sampler or something I'm, I'm not sure I'm kind of at a point where it's like when you have really novelty fabrics I don't really like cutting them the other thing I bought was a panel of hot air balloons. There are actually 14. It's two rows of seven little panels of hot air balloons. I've been totally obsessed with hot air balloons to decorate the baby's bedroom with since probably before I actually gave birth to her. I saw this really lovely vintage poster that was framed when I was in Sydney last year and kind of regretted not buying it. In the back of my mind, I've been thinking about hot air balloons and I actually already have bought another fabric that is just the same hot air balloon repeated in white and blue. This panel kind of grabbed me because it's got a steampunkish kind of feel, which for some reason I'm obsessed with. I don't even really like steampunk except when it's hot air balloons. So I'm really excited about it and I'm actually contemplating starting that project tonight because that's how excited I am about it. I just want it to be very simple. It's just panels. I think I might split them up into three panels because they're a funny number. So four, four and six maybe. And then I want to just add borders and then do quite a bit of quilting with them because I want to practice quilting, but I also want to just really do simple simple quick finish put it on the wall enjoy a finished product kind of project that's my goal I'm going to pull out some possible planes that I have that might work for framing and then I'm going to find backing I've got some batting around and I'm going to do that project I just want to feel more comfortable with my quilting and on that Last year I felt really disappointed that I didn't spend time and money on quilting thread. I think I bought one. So I went back to the Wonderfill stall this year and bought a couple of variegated threads. And I told the woman in the store that I thought having really interesting thread would make quilting more interesting for me and then I would do more of it. And she laughed just as you are likely laughing at that comment too. But I'm really thinking that it that could be the thing for me because I'm just completely not interested in quilting at all. It feels like it would take as much time or longer than the piecing. And because I guess I do quite intricate piecing and it can take me several years to finish a project, the idea of then having that amount of time again to quilt does not appeal. And also I'm, I haven't done enough quilting to feel like my quilting is remotely good enough. It's not even, it's not comfortable. It's, it's just torturous. I don't quite have that rhythm going. And so I just don't do it, but practice would improve that surely. 
I know Ginny Bayer quilts all her quilts. I don't know how long it takes her to do them. I would love to know, but I would love to know that you could do this and do quite intricate quilting reasonably fast. I don't know if that's true by hand. After lunch, we headed into the other half of the exhibition hall, which is a quilt exhibition. And it has, obviously, the Western Australian Quilters Association have their quilts that are being exhibited and also all the quilts that have placed or won in various categories. So you get to see some really fantastic quilting, some fabulous ideas and some really artistic interpretations of theme competitions that they run. So that's always really fun. Going through the exhibition, that always inspires me. And I love that we do that last because then you sort of leave and you feel like you just want to get into some more quilting, which for me, I'm sort of, again, on the one hand, I'm knitting furiously at the moment, really feeling like I'm getting somewhere with some knitting projects, especially with some really stalled knitting projects. So I don't want to put down the needles. But on the other hand, I felt like I felt really bad about not quilting for a while. I feel like I just can't do both crafts at the same time and so I'm always feeling bad about not doing the other one even though I'm in the mindset for whichever is the one that I'm doing and I feel like I left a lot of my quilting projects just at the point where they were almost completed which is a theme of mine and so I'm like oh I want to get back to I want to get back to quilting because it's always about starting new projects you know the allure of the potential there were two quilts that really caught my eye in the exhibition this year. One was a quilt that I saw last year, which was the Dear Jane quilt, which was featured last year for some reason, but they had it back up featured again. And last year I just fell in love with it. And then from there went and started the Farmer's Wife quilt. I went and bought the book and started working on that project. And I fell right into it. And I, I might have done about... 30 maybe of the blocks and there's something like 112 I'm not a massive fan of the sampler quilt so it was interesting that I actually did that I love the history of the farmer's wife project I love reading the letter that sort of inspired the block and then having a look at these really traditional blocks that are rooted in a history and and that's interesting it's rich in the fact that it's been passed down from woman to woman I, I'm, I'm kind of interested in that and I really like that the blocks are about six inches when you finish so they're really quick to do and that's appealing of course my project has run into some issues which perhaps I will relook at later but I went over to the Dear Jane again this year and I just had to look at it again. The one that they have on display is made out of Liberty Fabrics and for each square, the woman who has made this quilt has used the feature fabric that she made for the square and the squares are four inches wide. That's the backing that she's used for that block and she used Quilt As You Go technique. So She's made the four inch blocks and then she's quilted them and had the backing of the Liberty fabric that she's used on the front and then pieced that all together in one final bedspread. And I find it interesting that I saw that quilt last year and the woman showed me the back, which is when I found out about it. And then I went away and started this other quilt. I'm not quite sure what I was thinking because I've come back and I'm still deeply, deeply interested and connected to this dear Jane 
I was with a different friend this time. I took her over and we went and had a look and I asked the white glove lady to turn the quilt so I could have a look at the back again and I'm like, why have I not started this quilt? You know, let's all admit that's that's the question. I love the idea of the four-inch square. I know that makes a lot of them really, really fiddly, especially if there are lots and lots of pieces. If you've got a four-inch finished block but if it's the nine patch I mean those are really tiny squares but you know that's my problem is that that makes it more exciting and the more challenging it is the more I'm into it the longer that could potentially take to finish it the more I'm in and on that the other quilt that they had on display I'm not sure what it was called I did take a photo of it is a giant hexagon made up of much smaller hexagons which are made up of smaller hexagons which are made up of smaller hexagons so the actual pieces of the hexagons that make this entire quilt they're as big as your index finger nail and there's something like 10,000 of them in this project and it looks like a Arabian Nights mosaic tile it is stunning and again 10,000 pieces yeah I mean like it's basically you would do three stitches to sew two hexagons together. That would be like three stitches is how big. But then you would piece together a hexagon and then piece all those hexagons together and then piece those hexagons together. I said to my friend, never let me do this quilt. Never let me start that quilt because I could just see. But, you know, the thing I love about quilting is it's a lifetime pursuit. There is nothing wrong with taking 60 years to finish a project. I, I think that's perfectly fine. And, you know, unpacking that statement tells you a lot about a lot about me <laughs> something really interesting that we quite liked was some kind of trend of going to op shops and picking up other people's unfinished pieces or their applique doilies and sewing them together as a quilt that was quite interesting not something that I liked or would do but that was quite interesting because it was the hundredth year after Gallipoli this year one of the themes was obviously around that. So there was a lot of remembrance type quilts, which is not really up my alley, but there was one really interesting one that was made up of all the medal ribbons for the army, for the Australian army. So it wasn't the Navy, which would be more interesting to me, but that was quite an interesting quilt. And it also includes fabrics from army uniforms. That, that was quite interesting. A couple of other pieces that I really liked. I will put pictures in the show notes so that you can just flick through and see what was there. Quite intrigued with colour play and different things you can do with larger pieces of fabric that you like and sewing them together in interesting ways that is a lot less like samplers and a lot less like a repeated pattern, a lot more blockish, but then doing some interesting things, maybe some interesting things with borders. That was cool. One of the challenges for the AQC was True Blue, which was kind of not really a thing that I'm into, but there were some really interesting interpretations that they had. And one of them, and I've got a photo because it just stabbed me in the heart, was a remembrance to the two people whose lives were lost in the Lint Cafe hostage situation last year. And there's a interpretation of all the flowers that were left in St Martin Square the week after that happened. At the top of this is the hashtag I'll ride with you on this and 
um, my friend made that hashtag and I just, there she is on a quilt. I will include some pictures in the show notes and if I don't, you can find me on Instagram as Girlie Jones Adventures and I usually post everything through Instagram onto the show notes anyway. So if I don't put all of the pictures on, they'll be there as well. You've been listening to the Champagne and Socks podcast, a twice weekly podcast of all things craft, dropping Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can now subscribe via iTunes, leave a review if you like, Join the craft circle and tell us what you're working on this week. Email me at champagneandsocks at gmail.com or find me on Twitter as Champagne Socks. I'm over on Ravelry as Girlie Jones. Also find the Ravelry group, Champagne and Socks. Finally, photos and links for this episode can be found in the show notes at champagneandsocks.com. Speak to you later.